Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I welcome you to Wow, What a Show. This is the live podcast outreach for Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. And I am your host, Phyllis. I am so glad that you stopped in. We are in a series titled Apples of Gold. And let me tell you, in just enjoying the feast that these apples have caused us to have. It's amazing, right? God's word. It uh, really, really just grabs us right where we live. And the Proverbs, most of all, because these are wisdom sayings and they cause us to look into ourselves and recognize those things that are easily hidden from the world. We walk around with ourselves. We know ourselves, but sometimes we even avoid really recognizing those empty spaces, those parts of us that still need to die. But see, God sees it. He knows it. And therefore, he has left the Proverbs for us to get deep into the crevices of our own um, soul right into the place where we steal the flesh, the flesh where we need to really empty out, have some some uh, crucifixion going on there, right? Uh, as, as the Apostle Paul instructed us to crucify the flesh and its affections. And that's what the Proverbs has done. Uh, to everyone that I've talked with since, you know, we started, nothing but good feedback. And I suppose that the only way to really deal with Proverbs might be one of the best ways is to um, read them aloud like this. Like I've read them many times, I'm sure, but I, um, I don't recall having the same response in within myself like I am really contemplating and recognizing my own needs and really praying and asking the Lord to bring change, purity. That's what the Lord does. He looks at our hearts and he wants us to have a pure heart. We are to be fully equipped and furnished for the glorious thing that he has prepared for us. So welcome Sharon, GGMB. Thank you for dropping in. Thank you for coming by to share this time with us. And I certainly do invite every comment that you will have. Um, usually people, you know, kind of come in at different times, but what we're going to do is just get on with it. Amen. We are in Proverbs chapter 17. And what I want to do, I, I think it's the 17th. I surely correct me if I'm wrong. Today is July 17th. So we're in the 17th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm going to uh, read from the Holman uh, Standard Bible. What's it called? The Holman. I don't read from this Bible a whole lot, right? But I do own it and have owned it for years. And what came to me is that the uh, it's probably easier to understand, it's not very different from the King James, but uh, it is in modern English. And since I was translating as I was reading, <laughs> I didn't always kind of get it right. I thought, why am I going through that? I can just read it from this Holman Bible. 
and the differences are not that stark. So I will read from the Holman and uh, it'll be in plain English. And as, as we did this morning, I really hope that you have a little notebook and a pen. And I hope that you will recognize some of the Proverbs that are repeating their wisdom. In other words, the theme of the proverb is the same. And I hope you will be able to hear also the ones that we will read tonight that bring out a new um, exposure to our own flesh. And you will take notes. And then by the grace of God, we'll go back and we will just comment on the ones that have a new kind of revelation to us. And then, um, you know, we will make comment and talk about those as the Lord leads and gives us direction. So I am going to begin, hopefully, and uh, you follow along and make comments as you go. Now, you know, I'm not going to be able to see your comments as I'm reading uh, right away. So if you would make sure that you give a verse reference and I will make sure that I uh, make us all aware of which verse I am reading. So I start with verse one. No, I think we're in Proverbs verse 18, right? Yes, we're in 18. Did somebody correct me out there? What's today's date? I better check that before I go forward. Hold on. Yeah, Sunday was the 17th. Today is indeed the 18th. Thank you, Lord. I was getting ready to do something that was not right. Okay, so verse 1. Proverbs 18, verse 1. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. I shall repeat it. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. Verse two. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Verse 3. When a wicked man comes, shame does also, and along with dishonor, disgrace. Verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, flowing, a flowing river, a fountain of wisdom. Verse 5. It is not good to show partiality to the guilty by perverting the justice due the innocent. Six, a fool's lips lead to strife and his mouth provokes a beating. Seven, a fool's mouth is his devastation and his lips are a trap for his life. Verse 8, a gossip's words are like choice food that go down to one's innermost being. I read it again. A gossip's words are like choice food that go down to one's innermost being. Verse 9, the one who is truly lazy in his work is brother to a vandal. Verse 10, 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are protected. Verse 11. A rich man's wealth is his fortified city. In his imagination, it is like a high wall. I repeat. A man's wealth is his fortified city. In his imagination, it is like a high wall. 12. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but before honor comes humility. 13. The one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and disgrace for him. Verse 14. A man's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? I'm going to repeat it. A man's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? Verse 15. The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks it. Verse 16. A gift opens doors for a man and brings him before the great. A gift opens doors for a man and brings him before the great. Verse 17. The first to state his cause seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. I repeat. The first to state his cause seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. Verse 18. Casting the lot ends quarrels and separates powerful opponents. Again, casting the lot ends quarrels and separates powerful opponents. Verse 19. An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. Again, an offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. Verse 20. From the fruit of his mouth a man's stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. I repeat it. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. Verse 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Verse 22. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Verse 22. The poor man pleads, but the rich one answers roughly. Verse 23 again. The poor man pleads, but the rich one answers roughly. And then 24, a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Praise the Lord, there they are. Great evening and happy birthday to Sister Rima. 
Happy birthday to Sister Reed. It came upon me. So we have a birthday here to celebrate. I do hope that you took notes as we read this and that there are those um, proverbs that kind of lifted themselves up to you. I hope that uh, you heard the difference in some of them. Some of them, as I said, are repeating the same theme or the, the same point is being made just in a more extended way. You are more than welcome. God bless you. We are so pleased that you were born and that the Lord has seen fit to bring you into our lives to share so much. It has been and is a blessing. And may the Lord our God grant you many more years safe and sound in the purpose and plan that he foreordained for you to walk in. And may you begin to share more and more or, you know, continue to share more and more the goodness of the Lord and the testimony that saves. We are so pleased. Happy, happy birthday to Reem. And um, I should have had some happy birthday music. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. Oh, yes, Sister Reem's blessings be yours today and always with many happy returns of blessed years Thanks so much. I receive your kind words. Amen. I'm just going to make sure that the answer comes. So here we go. Now, verse one is very, very important, I think. Um, verse one says, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. Now, this is amazing, right? Because how many people do we know who are almost reclusive in their way and who are not willing to um, kind of come out of the closet, so to speak, to as they as they pursue different i don't know endeavors activities etc i really was uh, really captured by this one when i when i first read it uh and and i just want us to really hear this one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires he rebels against all sound judgment. And the first thing that came to my mind was, of course, the years of my outreach and uh, how many, um, well, I had a really good friend. So I'm going to tell you this. I had a really good, I loved her. She was smart. She was loving. She was very kind of heart. But early on, she had been um, abused by her grandfather. And so she was plagued almost with mental illness as a child she had therapy and she comes on up you know through raised through her years and she finally discovered uh, alcohol but she didn't like alcohol she didn't like what it made her feel like and and she had a friend who had begun to use drugs right and this friend um they worked together or something and and uh, my friend noticed that this child was in a different space and place and almost sent, seemed, you know, kind of, um, what is the word, um, like 
troubles kind of eluded her. She kind of wasn't in that place um, at all, right? And so my friend, and I call her Jane, wanted to know what she was using, what she was taking. And at first the girl told her no, she wouldn't dare tell her that, you know, she wouldn't tell her that. Uh, but uh, my friend, of course, bugged her and pursued her, and they were friends. So finally, of course, she did tell. And she um, started using, okay, heroin. You know, she started really to, and she became a, a, a very serious drug addict, right? And she was, you know, she was um, <clears throat> converted to Christ, which is another story that is, oh, it, it is amazing. I, I really should tell it. Uh, but I can't do it tonight. She was converted to Christ. And after what, maybe six or seven years of being just a witness for the Lord and uh, telling all, something happened to her and she reverted back to the drug. Well, you know what? She wouldn't even answer my calls when she was using that drug. And so, you know, in those last years that I knew her, she was in and out of rehabilitation. But if she had begun to use the drug, she wouldn't call me and she wouldn't answer my calls. And we were very close. I really, really cared for this person. It, her, her actions, her attitude are synonymous with the description here. One who isolates himself. And that's what she would do. She would isolate. She would go into a, a place where I couldn't see her. Right, because she knew that my advice, my counsel, my uh, conversation with her would be to discover what caused her to go back and what we could do to, you know, deliver, to seek deliverance. And she was really a believer in Christ. Now, it isn't just a drug addict, you know, that I've seen do this. I see uh, people do this who are not drug addicts, but they tend towards a certain preference in their lives. And that is to be their own wisdom, their own counsel. They really don't want counsel from other people. And um, I read this and I thought, wow, how accurate is this statement? How accurate is that, right? Even yourself, I don't know if you've ever felt that you were in a kind of a deep place. You know, you just kind of didn't want anyone to know your condition. You just don't want to expose yourself. And so whatever you do, you do out of your own counsel. You isolate. But it isn't good to do that. It just is not. Because when you isolate, what you actually do is withdraw from even the voice of sound wisdom. And that sound wisdom could be directly the voice of God. It really could be the voice of God. And so it, it, it's almost a danger. I also see people who have um, uh, mental issues and they are very anti-social. They have a social thing going on and they just cannot uh, be with people. And when you talk with them, they don't want to hear you talk. They just want to talk. 
that is, I believe, a method of the enemy to keep them from receiving sound wisdom. And Light Touch writes, it is good to keep company with those who have good words of encouragement and correction, especially in times of difficulty. That is exactly right. Especially in times of the wrong time to close the door and, and lower the shades and get into a quiet place. Wrong time. We really always need to be where we can hear the counsel of God all the time. And so, okay, that one really, really um, was was one that I focused on. So the other, I'm going to verse four. Yes, I can relate. I tend to withdraw, retreat, and I can feel the downward pull. Not a good thing to do, yet it feels safe. It does. It does feel safe. And remember, our, our flesh is usually in di- direct contrast or opposition to what God would uh, have us do or be. When we allow our feelings to be the lead, we are actually um, kind of, you know, moving towards what the enemy is trying to do to you. And uh, and we, we just really don't want to do that. We, we really want to hear. And so I don't know if you remember, uh, somehow in my head, there is a reference to... Um, a scripture, a story in the Old Testament where the man ran and I don't know if it, it's the same and fell on the on the altar where it was too late for him to do it. But that was the right idea to, to actually run to the altar, run to the Lord, run so that we can uh, find, first of all, if it's something you've done wrong, Good. You want we, we we need forgiveness right away, and we need confession. But uh, if there's something that we just need, period, we need to be uplifted. You know, just start talking and singing to yourself, and and eventually the the prayer doesn't even take long. And start quoting scripture that you know it doesn't even have to be related to what you're going through. Just speak the word of God because it is life, and He will lift you up. Okay. Um, all right. I'm looking for the commentary that I found this morning. And I'm not getting to it. There's too many words here. But let's go on to the next one that we have not heard before in theme. And that's uh, in verse, where is it? Mm, I think it goes all the way down to verse what? Uh, oh, my. I can't see my, oh, I'm sorry. Once again, I'm doing the same thing. Verse four, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters, a flowing river, a fountain of wisdom. Now, the thing about this one, and I didn't, I didn't read this one this morning. Uh, I skipped it, but the words of a man's mouth are, are deep waters. It's um, of an excellent and valuable uh, man or of a wise man, then that is that holds true and when they are that way their words are a wellspring of wisdom and um so the possibility i suppose is that if as we're getting wisdom those things which we speak our words then are wisdom and the more we exercise ourselves ourselves in 
the uh, the wisdom of God, the the wisdom will flow from us. I'm trying to read and talk at the same time, and it's not, and it's not really happening. Light touch says the flesh will get us in trouble if we give into it. Okay, do me a favor and and also put the verse number on so that I can make references appropriate to what your speech is because you come in a little later than the explanation, if you don't mind. Okay, and I'm trying to keep up. So getting wisdom is definitely a real step towards being a person of depth and sound wisdom and a help to others. We're going to go now to verse eight. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. Now, this is the thing. Um, we talked about gossiping before, you know, we, we've met this theme in previous Proverbs. However, this one is so descriptive that I just thought we needed to hear it again. When we gossip, you know, um, that stuff that we say, even though you may not mean to do it, you put something in somebody's ears, but, and if it's negative, forget it. It is really, really, really going to taint, taint the very being of the person that you say it to about the person that you said it about, right? So gossip is just really never good. Now, God forgive us forever are participating in it, but we do run around and, you know, we're talking about things. And most of the time, a lot of the times, you may be even repeating what someone else told you, which means that it's hearsay. And hearsay never is correct. It just always has a twist. And the, and the reason is because the original context is lost and people are just re repeating words. Now, if the context was correct, you know what I mean? And say, say I, I encounter something and my friend walks up and I just begin to spread it out and, and I give the context. Even then, there is a tainting because the the uh the matter could have come because of something that i did or said was not correct it could have come because the frustration of a group you know there are many reasons why certain things happen and so our our tendency to want to gossip about stuff i think it is all in wanting to empty the pain, the, the, the pain or whatever you've experienced. You just really want to get it out of you. I know I, I am that person. I, it's good for me to talk because that means I won't, I won't harbor it, right? But the Lord has really helped me to learn to um, just not let it bother me after all, you know, hear it, deal with it, and kind of go with it. And some, sometimes I lose it there. But the, our prayer is that the Lord will surely, surely deliver us from the gossip gossip is not good okay and verse 10 says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are protected now this is just a psalm a, a verse right out of the psalms um and and i can, for some reason i cannot quote that psalm i meant to look it up oh my goodness but the uh the name of the lord is a strong tower god is our refuge and our strength he is a very present help in time of trouble he is a, a tower of strength. And when we are in need or desperation or in any situation that is beyond what we can fix, and how about all of them are that way? 
calling on him, calling on him, praying in the name of Jesus Christ to have access to the almighty God of creation. What greater tower can we find in which to be protected from the onslaught and the storms of life? The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are protected. May God be praised. Hallelujah there. And then very uh, verse 10 says, A rich man's wealth is his fortified city. In his imagination, it's like a high wall. But wow, this is this one is amazing. This one makes me laugh. A rich man's wealth. You know, every day we see we see rich men, powerful people, who think that they are impervious to anything, any uh, they are impervious to um, scrutiny. They are impervious to um, the loss of power. They are impervious to judgment. They are impervious to paying uh, the same debt that they require others pay. It is amazing. They really do believe somehow that this is like a high wall, like a fortress city, and they live in here and 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 nobody can touch them right but that is not true it is not true and as much as history reveals that it is not true somehow a man's wealth changes his his ability to think through things right and he doesn't realize or understand that the responsibility to handle that wealth is very very grave and so if he is out of order, or they are out of order, or she is out of order, God sees, he knows, and there is a recompense for that kind of uh, vain imagining. And we go on now to verse 14. A man's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? We talked about that, especially with children. When you, you know, I told you about the man I, I saw in that store with that child, and the way he cursed that child, used such vile language and was so rough speaking to the child. It is impossible that that child's spirit, if he had to live under that for any length of time, was not broken. And I think a broken spirit is not like a bro what the Lord requires a broken and contrite heart. He's not breaking your spirit by, you know, destroying your ability to imagine yourself moving forward in life and accomplishing and doing exactly what he's gifted you to do. But when we denigrate and, and we, you know, uh, destroy <clears throat> the person's sense of their own value, then you're breaking a spirit. You're breaking someone's spirit. And it's so easy. Like there are certain people you know and every word out of their mouth, almost every comment they make about other people is a sarcastic twist to make them look less than something. I think that this is exactly what the Lord is saying. You, when you break someone's spirit, how can they survive that? How can they survive it? There was a book written some years ago. It was called It. And the book was about a, a child who had been isolated and mistreated so horribly. What comes of that? It, it, the story, you know, I, don't, I can't remember the ending even of it, but the, um, the awful condition that that child was found in. 
And that kind of is what happened to my friend. You, 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 you know, you abuse a young child. She was five years old and didn't know what this horrible image was in her head. She was plagued by Satan himself. She didn't understand it until she came to know Christ. And then the Lord revealed it to her. And she was able to come out of a, a measure of depression and, you know, mental unwellness. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to protect every child, every child, God, from this kind of trauma. And I ask you to deliver anybody who calls himself a Christian from being one who would break someone else's spirit, who would denigrate, downplay, you know, never, ever encourage, never see any good. Make us people who speak love and kindness at all times. And verse, um, verse 16 is new. A gift opens doors for a man and brings him before the great. Well, I was looking for the commentary, so truly I could really read commentary on that one because my understanding of it is rather, uh, you know, surface, I do believe. Uh, and I liken that to um, one who, uh, the you know, foundations and charitable organizations that give money to causes that are in, in line with their interest. And um, so they give the gift, right? I've always worked worked on in nonprofit, so I know what it's like to get that grant that you that allows you to go out and do you know the meaningful work that that you are are endeavoring to do. And so, when you get it, you recognize the organization because the gift is bountiful. The gift is really. Um, they give it out of their own wealth, you know, they give it out of their own work because they work sometimes, the foundation is working to raise money for these um, kinds of altruistic works in communities and in the country. So the, the verse says that it opens doors for a man and brings him before the great. Absolutely. If you give me, uh, it opens a door for many people to work. Now, if someone has a better uh, comment on that one, I'm going to read from the uh, studylight.org. It says, a man's gifts make room for him or enlarge him, brings him uh, out of a prison or out of straits and difficulties with which he has been pressed, or it makes way for him to judge and for a favorable hearing of his cause or it enlarges his acquaintances and gains respect. Okay, so from that, from that viewpoint, uh, he's saying that the gift, oh, a gift opens doors for a man. So it's the gift that God is putting. That's how they're approaching it here. And when, as soon as he said prisons, I got a, a story of a person that I know who was an artist, and he was uh, in prison for 20 years, okay, for a crime he didn't commit. Um, and in those 20 years, he was a great, great artist. He did, all, you know, he was just a lot of uh, artwork. And he was uh, presented before the president uh, at the time because of 
the gift that God had given him. And uh, he, he had favor in, in the prison. And I, I think he, he, his time was commuted, you know, based on prison time. So he didn't serve quite full 20 years. But his, his um, deeds, the, the deeds that he could do because of his gift, were acknowledged and he had a, he said he had a, a, a the best job the best food the best everything while he was in in uh, prison and he was presented his works was were presented at the white house i think he met the president and everything so a man's gift does indeed make room for him and a gift opens the door for a man and brings him before great people that's a better that's a better understanding i didn't even i didn't come in from that uh point of view so, verse 18, casting the lot ends quarrels and separates powerful uh, uh, opponents. Now, this one reminded me of one we read earlier. But once again, my perspective on it might be off. Uh, the, lot, the, the casting of the lot we learned was when, you know, in the Old Testament, these guys would cast a lot. Even they did for, for Jesus Christ's ministry. But the casting of the lot was to get God to you know, give them the, the decision, right? So in that context, it would definitely be a wise thing to do and could it could uh, defeat powerful opponents. But uh, this commentary says, when a case cannot be determined among parties at variance in private ways, nor in a court of ju ju judicature, the lot is cast and that puts an end to all strife and makes each party easy. They submit to it and acquiesce in it. So it's the same context. It's the same kind of um, uh, um, point of view. It's the same point of view there. So there it is. When you, you, you know, when you can't make the decision and you cast a lot. And in this case, casting a lot, I think, would be uh, to see where the, where the chips would fall. But we kind of don't do this anymore. There's no opportunity for us to cast lots in our judicial system because I want to do it. Uh, more often than, of course, these the judgments are made um, against people. I really would like to see that happen for sure. Okay, the next one that is new to us is, um, it's not new really, but bears repeating. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. That's right. Whatever you say, whatever you say, you're going to be... Um, uh, you're going to be filled with it, right? And yes, it was in Proverbs 12, verse 14. The man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, with his own words and discourses, when they are prudent, pious, and savory, when they are with grace and minister, they are satisfying to himself, to his own mind, his own conscience, and to his family, to all in his household, which is, as it were, his belly. But it is... If otherwise, it will not be profitable nor satisfying. So I wanted us to once again, you know, remember the importance of guarding. Um, I, it really is the heart because out of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, um, and out of the heart of the issues of life. So if we guard our tongues, if we guard things that we say, our words, we are far more apt to have those things which are affirming to our lives and therefore to our families, etc. Verse 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
course, we have this has been repeated. And even in the verse before it, it's kind of the same idea. Uh, uh, when when um, we witness or, or tell of uh, a testimony, well, they bear of judges according to the sentence they pass, of teachers according to the doctrine they preach, of all men who by their will of their well or ill speaking, they bring death or life to themselves and others. That's right. What you say is just, you know, we, we are we are made in the image of God. And I always believed that that image is is um, is seen when we ourselves speak and our words actually also create. And by our words, we can destroy another person, we can destroy ourselves. And those people who are so bent on on having all these words, you know, and speaking whatever they please, whenever they please, however they please, with no regard to another man's uh, uh, reputation or another man's innocence or another man's life, as do judges. You know, I kind of sometimes I, I, I fear for judges, and I have a friend who's a judge, and I used to always think, why, why did she want to be a judge from a child? And she just wanted to be a judge, and she was smart enough to be, and she became, you know, you have to pass this big test. And, um, but she was very, very much an astute and Christian uh, woman, and so her judgments were fair. And she was not the kind of judge who just would lash out at people and say any old kind of thing. If you ever sat in a court, you just, oh my goodness, you come out and you think, who are these people? that call themselves judges, you know? And if you've not ever done it, you ought to do it. So you can see the kind of uh, ill treatment, the vulnerable, the disenfranchised, the poor, the needy, the criminal even receive before they actually are commuted to serve a sentence. They go through so much that is so unholy. It's just wrong. So the power of life and death you know, are in this tongue. And believe it or not, they think they're speaking uh, life and death to others. But really and truly, if your fruit, if the fruit of your lips is rotten, you are speaking it also to yourself. A man who finds a wife, I love this one. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that's just how it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he better treat her well. Find a good thing and grains favor with the Lord favor with the Lord. So if you uh, want a good thing, young men out there, if you are there, and no young men tonight, um, find a good wife and be sure to examine her character. The same with young women. If you want a, a good husband, you know, I think you also find a good thing. But we have to understand the order of God and be willing to let ourselves die to our own flesh and be in unity with the other person, examining character long before you get into that relationship. Because what you'll never do is change a person because you think you have the power. Mm -mm. You'll be on your knees praying. Now God can do it. He surely can. But do the best you can from the outset. And the promises that you find a good thing or the probability and you will obtain favor from the Lord. 
And then the poor man pleads, but the rich one answers roughly. Just think about that. The, the a poor man says, please, would you help me, please? But the rich man, give it to me. I, you know, whatever the demands and the commands, that's kind of self-explanatory. And then it is uh, finally a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend which sticks closer than a brother. And that is, uh, I gave this morning, what came to me was the story of David and Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan became David's friend. He admired him. He respected him. And he knew that his father, Jonathan did, he knew that his father was wrong for trying to chase him down to kill him. He knew that his father was operating in his flesh and in his jealousy. Um, so that uh, he always warned David. In fact, he finally died almost in the defense. He was trying, you know, he was trying to stand up with his father as well. But um, Jonathan died early, and David uh, took he took care of Jonathan's son. I think it was Mephibosheth, if I make no mistake, is the law. And where I read the Bible, you, you kind of forget. I forget. So always check it, check me out. But I think that that is, nonetheless, friendship ought to be mutual and reciprocal as <laughs> between David and Jonathan. A man that receives friendship ought to return it. Otherwise, he is guilty of great ingratitude. This may be spiritually applied. A believer is a man of friends. A man of friends. As it may be rendered, he may, he has many friends. God is his friend, as appears by his early love to him, his choice of him and provisions. But you know what? I just uh, did a reading with, uh, with, a, with a friend of mine, and um, her research on friendship was is just amazing. When, when you are a friend, friend, well, first of all, friendship has definitely benefits. And this little cliche going around, friends with benefits, doesn't have anything to do with the verity of, of uh, what a friendship is meant to do. Friendship is, a first of all, it is reciprocal. And we cannot talk about what a friend ought to do if we're not doing the thing that we say a friend ought to do. If you expect a friend to be... Um, supportive but you're not being supportive how is that how are you being a friend if you expect a friend to bear uh, you up in times of trouble but you don't do the same how are you being a friend and if you expect a friend to be loyal and committed in times that are good and bad how are you being a friend so when we talk about it right I think that the, it's human nature to look outward and not to see inward, which is why I think the Proverbs are so excellent because we have to we have to listen to them and assess what is inside us. And if we're doing anything else, you know, you're assessing somebody else all the time, then uh, I think you're, you're missing a, a grand opportunity for the Lord to finish the work that he's begun in us. And he promised that he would. So let us be very, very mindful and hear very, very keenly and heed all the wisdom that the Lord is speaking to us as we read through the Proverbs. The Proverbs, imagine that. God gifted Solomon. Solomon left this book of wisdom for his son. 
and it has been appointed here for the whole of the world to read, to hear, to be uh, um, encouraged in and matured in and by. May the Lord our God continue, Father, to just let us hear and make note of those Proverbs that really, really speak to a condition within our own hearts, with our own souls, in our own flesh. Let us be delivered, God, by the power of your word. The Proverbs are also the word of God. And we are grateful and blessed to have access to them. Uh, so, I'll read now comments. Um... Amen. Yeah, find a good wife, young. Find a good wife, young man. Good advice. Be men and women of your word and be honest. Absolutely. Uh, that is just important. Uh, yeah, the rich strive and they trust in their money. And they think their money, that's back at the early one about a rich man imagining that his his wealth is a, high, a strong, a tall fence. They're a, a fortress, but it's not. Um, and the privileged demand because of position, whereas the lowly comes humbly. That is very good in the uh, proverb where the poor plead, but the, the rich answer roughly, indeed. And um, let's see, good friends. Yes, good friends. If you want friends, you must be friendly. And so says the commentary. You must indeed show yourself friendly if you want a friend. And that too is a proverb. He who seeks a friend must be a friend first. I think somewhat something puts it that way. Yeah. Well, there's kind of the, um, up there is a proverb that says, if you want a friend, show yourself friendly, right? I love proverbs. says, light touch. I examine myself through, though uh, I fall short. It is my desire to get wisdom and understanding in the way of righteousness. And finally, thank God for means for such wise sayings for life from our Lord. Amen. I am receiving the Proverbs in a whole new light. Glory to God. Me too. Thank God for such wise sayings. He has really, really uh, set a grand table. God's word is such an amazing um, fellowship with him. When we come to the word of God and we sit there, and that's what I'm saying. Usually I just want to sit to myself and read. That's when I really feel that the Lord is revealing and talking to me. But this time reading aloud, I have heard almost every word. And not only that, these Proverbs are coming back to me when, when I'm just going about my daily affairs, when I'm getting ready to answer someone, when I'm talking and I might feel a little tension, right? They're coming back. I am being instructed. And I pray to God that you are too. And remember, if you're going to read with us, truck Jewish, you got to come <laughs> at the top of the hour. You missed it. We are at the end. And I'm so sorry. But we are reading from Proverbs verse 18. And have we not been, I mean, we have so been nourished tonight. It has been really good. And again, uh, uh, this chapter, as well as chapter 17, has begun to introduce new things, new points that we now are being exercised in. Something halfway through, you just keep hearing the same uh, proverb stated differently over and over again. 
for 17 chapters, 16 chapters, and long enough for, I bet the Lord said that if, if you don't have it by now, you need to go back and study. Just keep reading till you get them. And now we go, that's the first half of Proverbs. Now we're going to the second half and we're getting new points of, uh, to, to really examine in our own lives and take it seriously. Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you. You know, eternity is forever. Eternity never ends. And though I know many people say, well, nobody's died and came back and told us that there was any heaven or whatever. You know, there are so many cynics in the world. But I'm saying you're sure enough right about that. Nobody died and came back and told us that it wasn't there either. So, you know, uh, God's word has proven to come to pass. And that's just good enough for me. And it just really ought to be good enough for all these very, very intelligent, smart, wonderful people in the world. You know, smart can really render you quite foolish if you're not careful. Remember, a man of wisdom disperses knowledge and knowledge comes from God and God alone. May he be praised forever and ever. And may the Lord our God grant to us good and restorative nights of sleep. God bless us, everyone, because light touch goes to bed early. And that's right. We are so grateful. May, um, thank you, light touch. Okay, so this is the thing, right? The Proverbs have fed us. We've dined sufficiently. We are so grateful to the Lord for bringing us to this point and for uh, taking us on. And the prayer truly is that he has planted all of this inside us and not before he has turned over this flesh, this earth that keeps us from hearing and receiving. We pray that there will be none to, it, to take it away, to steal it away. I ask the Lord to trouble us with the repetition of his word so to the point that we get it and that from now on we are indeed the planting of the Lord. We are indeed trees of righteousness. May God be praised forever and ever. We love the Lord because he has always heard our cry. He has always inclined his ear unto us. And that's why he continues to teach us because he cares and he really intends for us to inherit eternal life. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining and rejoice for you have been sufficiently fed. And at every dinner party, there has to be not only good conversation and a sharing of great wisdom, but there is rejoicing. Have a really wonderful night. And by the grace of God, I'll check you in the morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Have a great day. Enjoy your lunch wherever you are in the world today. 